Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You are now listening to TDL, SilverBlackPride.com. Everybody, we are back. It is Taped on Live. It is your favorite Raiders podcast. You know, guys already know what to do. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. You know, if you, you know, if you like it, hit the like button. If you don't like it, hit the, you know, hit the dislike button. Also, you know, subscribe to us on uh, iTunes at Silver and Black Pride. Go ahead and search that. Search for Taped Online and you go ahead and subscribe there. Also, uh, download on Spotify. Go ahead and download with us on Spotify. Go ahead and check us out there. So, you know, really uh, appreciate all the love that we get there from all you guys. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Mark John NFL at BD Williams 18. Also, make sure you go cop some merch. Go get some shirts. You go let us know how you're feeling about that. Get some merch from us, guys. Get some merch. Check out all the merch that we got. And, uh, you know, it's going to be good to be rocking some tape. Don't lie. Right. So, you know, me and BD, we're going to be going over, you know, of course, the preseason game, reviewing it, you know, one more time, going and giving you guys that information based on uh, what we saw on tape, you know, everything that we saw. So we really uh, ready to break down and go deep into that. Right. Um, you know, so BD, how are you feeling about this week? Um, yeah, it was an interesting game, you know. Um, it seemed like that same kind of pass rush that we saw against the Seahawks didn't really materialize quite as much or nearly as much against, you know, the Rams. So I don't know if that was the Rams have better depth on the offensive line. They had a couple guys that when I was watching, they were giving some of the Raiders uh, def- uh, defenders, defensive line, some problems. So that might have been prob- uh, part of it as well. Um, you know, or it was just they practice against them all week. So by the time the game rolls around, they know all their moves, you know. So kind of disappointed to see that they didn't have as nearly as much juice. I think it's possible that, you know, like really physical practices from everything that, you know, we heard on our side being reported by Raiders beat reporters, Rams beat reporters, that it was a super physical practice. Uh, so that also could have, you know, played into it. Uh, you know, so I, w- I would have liked to see a little bit more pressure from the defensive line. Like we saw the first preseason game, didn't see that. Um, what about you? Offensive line was a little shaky. Yeah, uh, offensive line was really shaky. Didn't, definitely was not something that uh, – you know, you wanted to watch. It was definitely a bad outlook altogether on the offensive line. It definitely was, especially at the tackles. I wouldn't say the whole offensive line. Uh, I would definitely just say it was purely the tackles. It was not the whole thing. I mean, because we still got some, saw some some decent performances for, for some of the other guys, especially inside. Inside wasn't too crazy. It was all outside. Um, I mean, there was some guy, I forgot his name, um, Chris Garrett, Garrett played yeah. for the Rams. And he abused uh, Patrick. I couldn't get his name right on the radio today. What's, oh, what's his Omame. name? Omame. Omame. Okay, yeah. So Patrick Omame 
he just tortured him, bro. Just tortured him. Uh, he hit him with a hump move, bro. That was like just nasty. I'm like some Reggie White stuff. Just humped him, <laughs> just tossed him. So it was pretty bad over there, bro. The offensive line didn't, definitely didn't show up uh, at the tackles position um, because you know I I, I want to make sure we point out it was a tackles because. Um, I mean, I thought inside they actually did okay. I thought Nick Martin didn't had a had a pretty decent performance. Um, you know, I mean, the guy just cut Park Parker uh, Ellinger. He actually played pretty decent too inside. So they had some decent outlook from the inside part of the the offensive line, but the tackles they were an issue. They were a big issue for the for every Jared Jones Smith. Missed some blocks, caused a sack, you know, and <laughs> like I said, uh, Chris Garrett was abusing 77. So it, it was just not a good outlook. But with Alex Leatherwood and John Simpson early on, they were able to run the ball extremely well. That first drive, they were able to just go up and down the field. And you can kind of see that if they were in there together, they would be able to run the football very, very well. You know, um, but I mean, they're expecting incognito to be ready for week one, but he might not. You never know. Uh, I think John Simpson would definitely be fine if they couldn't go with Richie incognito. I think he would be able to, you know, do some road grading with Alex Leatherwood on that right side and they would be able to just get it done and do everything they needed to do to help Josh Jacobs get going and just have Josh Jacobs run right. Right. Just do run right outside zone right side i'm sure there would be a lot of movement there'd be a lot of pancakes a lot of guys on the floor a lot of you know because that's what was happening in this game i mean they run a lot yeah. of inside zone i so, saw i saw quite a few clips of simpson and leatherwood yeah. putting guys putting guys in the dirt you know yeah. that was that was really encouraging to see um you know someone his name is brandon thorne he's probably like the best mm -hmm. guy, um offensive line defensive line uh breakdown you know film breakdown guy uh, on the internet, Brandon Thorne, at Brandon Thorne NFL, I'm pretty sure is his Twitter handle. Um, that he was like, he, he said, he, there was a clip of um, John Simpson just burying someone, right? In pass protection, like he came over to help the center out and just like put him on the ground. And Brandon Thorne said, three things in life are certain death taxes and the Raiders having offensive line who want to fight you, you know, like, uh there's definitely these guys have a swagger about them the you know at leatherwood and simpson they're gonna make defense defensive linemen pay for four quarters especially if the raiders want to run the ball you know and both those guys can move humans so uh i, I i'm encouraged to see some of that some of those things but you know we knew that they can run block it's yeah. about the it's about the pass protection you know like that's that's what needs to get better that's what needs to improve were there any encouraging signs, like anything from like preseason week one to preseason week two, where you thought Leatherwood might have cleaned one thing or two things up, maybe? Oh, Leatherwood looked great the whole game. I thought he looked great in run blocking and uh, pass protection. He didn't have any issues at all. Um, he looked really, really good um, in both uh, facets of blocking. John Simpson was a little different. Um, you know, he was able to recover, but he was getting beat. You know, he's getting beat and, you know, there's a little pancake video of him going around that's in pass protection. That looks good. Right. But a lot of the uh, other things that are happening around there, uh, I mean, they just weren't good. He got beat right off the ball. But one time he was able to recover and push the guy down. 
you know, and kind of slow, not push him down, but kind of slow him down. So Peter May could still get the pass off, but you know, he still got beat off the line. And then one time he got, he still has his hands outside. He's not, you know, uh, you know, keeping his hands inside, having the good hand placement and he's getting bull rushed, but he's so strong that he's able to anchor. So he's able to anchor and allow Peter May to get a pass. So, so he really didn't give up a pressure, but he was getting beat. <laughs> so, I mean, the ability to recover and the ability to anchor, those, I mean, there's still good things, right? Those are still things you like to see. But, uh, I mean, when you're playing against a starter, is he able to anchor? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, how how how, how much does that pocket get to get pushed back? I mean, he's got to get his he – he's got to fix his hands, right? Uh, he, he really does, especially sometimes he can – caught because he can get caught leaning too. So his technique just gets sloppy in pass protection, basically. Um, and, and, you know, his, his run blocking technique, I mean, honestly, isn't the greatest. It's just, he's just such a, he's just so damn strong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it don't matter in run blocking. He's just, if he gets his hands on you, you're not going anywhere. Basically. I mean, that's, that's kind of how he is in run blocking is kind of how he is in pass protection. But if he can fix his technique, he'd be, it'd be a really, really, really good, good, uh, really good guard. You know what I mean? Or, you know, just fix his, uh, his get off because sometimes he's late, um, you know, um, you know, get off the ball and stuff like that. So it's, you know, or getting into a set and allowing guys to, to beat him. Right. So I think Simpson, that's something he definitely has to work on. Um, you know, at the end of the year, last year, I thought he already kind of got past that a little bit, but you know, those old things are creeping back up. So, um, you know, I don't know if he's as ready to play as I thought he was, as I, as I thought he was going to be, you know, so, but um, I still think run blocking is not a problem. And if he started, I think, you know, even if he gave up a couple plays, he make up for it with like Josh Jacobs having like a hundred yards. So, and that's what they want to do too, you know, and if, if they can get into that run game with Simpson and Jacobs, it's going to be a good outlook anyway. So um, I, I think it would be a good thing if he does play in my opinion, anyways. Yeah. I mean, these, these are things like when you have a layoff from doing anything, you know, yeah, uh, whatever it is, you know, but we're talking about sports here and, you know, you come back to it after a while, you got to like, Oh yeah. Remember why you do certain things. And, you know, yeah. a lot of times getting beat helps you remember you know, why you do certain techniques, you know, why, why you, uh, you know, trying to lean on your technique because it, it, that's, that's what it's about. It's a, it's a game of technicians out there. And, you know, that's the edge people are going to have, unless you are, you know, like JJ Watt, just like complete physical freak of nature, you know, you don't have to where it's like, you can do something wrong and you can have bad pad level and still body slam someone yeah. for, for everyone else out there. It's about, you know, that the edge is going to come from who plays the strongest fundamental football. Like that's going to be, you know, the deciding factor in nine out of 10 matchups. So that's just what Simpson has to get back to. Cause we know he has it physically. Like he's, he belongs in the NFL for sure. Mm-hmm. Like he's an NFL player. 100%. Um, it's not like up for debate or something like that. The guy's big, he's huge, he's strong, all those things. Uh, so yeah, but hopefully, you know, the preseason is the time where he can get that cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, it's, inc- it's encouraging what you're saying about Leatherwood though. Yeah. Yeah. Le- Leatherwood looks really good. Uh, I thought he looks, especially, you know, everybody saw him Panay Sewell moving to right tackle and Leatherwood is doing the same thing and he doesn't look uncomfortable there. I mean, communication, the first game, they, they were, they were a lot better because probably because he had Simpson next to him instead of Lester Cotton. 
<laughs> this, you know, if he had Lester Costin, Lester Cotton next to him, you know what I mean? It would be a little different for him. But he had Simpson next to him. You know, he's already played a lot of, you know, a lot of starts. I mean, Lester Cotton's never played any significant amount of football that we've ever seen. So, you know, John Simpson has played a little bit there. And to be honest, I still think he's better than so good. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, even if you bring Richie back, I, I still, I don't. You know, I mean, you like? What, what, I mean, what can he do that Denzel Good can't do at this point? In my opinion, I mean, you like the upside. Yeah, I mean, if he he run blocks better than Denzel Good, in my opinion. So, yeah, and they pass block probably just the same. Um do do you know how many sacks Denzel Good gave up last year? Uh. Is that something I could look up? Yeah, yeah. Give me a second. I got you. Hold up. Yeah, because um, you know, when when I was watching Denzel Good, I thought that there was definitely an improvement. I think he had his best year as a pro last year, and he played multiple spots on the offensive line. So I mean, that mean that means just the level of difficulty for him was even higher, you know. Um, so I do think that he's Ascending is the wrong word, but like he's continuing to get better as a professional football player. It's just not, you know, he's not going to be the flashy guy. He's, you know, not as probably explosive or quick laterally as Simpson is. You know, um, he's not going to, you know, be a guy who's, you know, solo, just moving guys you know, into the laps of linebackers, but I think he's a good, I think he's a good run, run blocker, you yeah. know, I mean, Denzel Good's quality and if Den, Denzel Good, he's a quality NFL player. Um, you'd be hard pressed to find, you know, 50 guards in all of football that are better than Denzel Good. So if John Simpson beats him out, like that's a really good thing for the Raiders. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he will. I mean, it, it's just kind of just how I feel about it. He had 29 pressures according to pro football focus i don't know what that pressures. Though. 20 20 pressures 29 oh 29 okay 29 that's mm-hmm. uh so almost two a game yeah basically two a game uh, did he play every game last year no he played 15 15 almost, so almost every two, game so two a game so two a yeah game. He, he only gave up two sacks but i mean what are pressures for PFF though? Like, what are what are pressures? What are pressures for PFF? That's hard to decide. I don't know. I don't know what exactly pressures are for PFF. I mean, I could look at SIS, but I mean, that's going to take up a whole time looking at Bizzell Gustas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, is, but, uh, yeah. yeah he, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, sometimes guys get beat and they don't give up pressures either. So I, that's what I'm talking about, John Simpson. I mean, he didn't really give up our pressure, but he was getting beat. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it all depends. I mean, if you have a quarterback like Carr, he's getting rid of the football. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if, if Denzel is playing with Deshaun Watson, it might be a little different. You might be talking about, you know, everybody talking about how terrible he is, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. There was, um, there was a clip of Trey Turner. Now he's playing for the Steelers. And he blocks the guy. He straps him up. Okay. 
and he looks back and Ben Roethlisberger still has the ball and he's like running around with like with a chicken like a chicken with his head cut off or something like that and Trey Turner's like what the like I'm still blocking like six seconds later like what's what's going on here you know like so yeah it definitely style quarterback definitely has something to do with um how we perceive offensive linemen for sure because a lot a lot of times you know um everyone says Russell Wilson's offensive line sucks and they're and they're always like getting mad at him for like escaping out the back of the pocket and <laughs> like wait why did you go over there I'm not even blocking for you over there like you're you know like so uh they they get a lot of flack but it's the style of quarterback that Russell Wilson plays it's like kind of volatile when it comes to taking sacks you know um and and we've seen other quarterbacks like be like that in the past too so l- luckily for the Raiders Derek Carr he plays you know uh, the st- a style where it's like I'm trying to be on, on rhythm and get the ball out quick and not take sacks. So that'll yeah, be exactly. good. For, that'll be good for Simpson at least if he, if yeah. Simpson starts. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, those two look good. And I mean, that's all you could really ask for at this point. Uh, okay. Yeah. So anything else you want to touch on, on offense? Not really many, like no starters really were playing except for Leatherwood in the beginning, maybe Simpson, if he wins that spot, um, I didn't see anyone else of note. Um, I mean, probably one thing was the plays that Gruden calls, man. I, I don't know why he runs these plays in preseason. I'm kind of the, 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 the champion, the, the, not the, championship play, the play that they won the game on. I mean, I, that was a, a great design. I don't know why he's in preseason. That was the play I was telling you about where they did the, the sluggo off the dragon crazy man i was <laughs> i was like you 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 can't you do a slant flat a couple times that game you know they missed one of dylan stoner so if you see slant flat and you're a corner right even if that's kind of like something you see a lot probably in like high school some slant flat stuff right you see the flat from the uh and the places based on that alignment you'll probably get a slant right it's great design it was crazy i got i was still mad that he used that in a game in a just, just so that everyone knows, Marcus has been charging John Gruden how long? Uh, three years. Three years. And you're telling me that you've never seen Sluggo flat? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I'm trying to think. Maybe the, I'm, the maybe the Jared Cook play. I'm trying to I, – I, I had to go look. I was thinking – because that was the only other time I, I char- saw. Yeah, I charted his offense before, you know, we started doing this, and I was so thankful to, like, only focus on one side of the ball. But I tried it. I tried his offense 2018, and I do remember a couple sluggos. But if my remember, if my memory serves me correctly, they were just solo. They were yes. just by, by themselves on the backside. That's what I thought too. It's with Jared Cook and Amari Cooper for the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I never seen that, bro. I was, I was. I was like, why'd you run that? I mean, I guess why it worked, and that's why they won the game, but it was crazy. Crazy stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's um let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. Got a couple uh players that I want to talk about. First of all, Javin White was having a hell of a game. Okay, like um he's you know. They go empty, then, and they went empty a lot. Rams had a really good game plan for the Raiders' defense, and it definitely helped seeing them in practice all week. Like, they were stressing their rules on defense, and I think that it was a great game because of that because now Bradley has all this tape 
on like, okay, so this kind of breaks our rules or this makes us check into this. And now he has it. He has the film. He has the footage. So when he sees it, an opponent who likes to do stuff like that, they're going to at least have some background knowledge. So I thought that was a great game for that reason. I thought um, really tough game plan um, for the Reds defense to handle what they were what they were throwing at them for you know for any defense probably to be honest with you it was it was really tough like um, they would they would go formation into the boundary with two wide receivers right and then they would have a um, a tight end lined up like out wide right. And then they would put like, and then they'd motion another tight end out there. And then they would like have the back go to the two tight end sides. So there's two tight ends in a back lined up as wide receivers on one side of the field. And when you have three receivers on one side of the field for a defense, like most defenses, that's the passing strength. So you put your nickel over there, right? So now your weak side linebacker is on the, on the side of the field with two wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, that's, that's a tough matchup for like most people. And so I think it was, I believe it was the first drive. They tried it. They, they tried that Javin white. He's out there um, lined up across from a wide receiver. Um, wide receiver has a choice route and Javin white play. I mean, I don't know why the, I don't know why the wide receiver went inside on that because Javin white was playing with inside leverage, but that's the technique that he should have played with. And so what it helps him out because he's playing with inside leverage and he's kind of like, blocking he's like in the way almost like think about like a basketball screen right he's making the wide receiver like go one way or the other around him right and he's able to turn and knock down the pass that was intended for that wide receiver you know um one play that comes to mind is in 2019 and everyone was so sick everyone was so upset because they ran that play with deandre hopkins the houston texans ran that play with deandre hopkins and and I believe it was Nicholas Morrow in coverage and Nicholas Morrow got beat, even though he had inside leverage. Right. Yeah. And everyone was like, why would a linebacker be out on a wide, wide receiver? And it was like, well, they went empty first of all, and they did something tricky where it's like two tight ends are on one side of the field. And, you know, like, so it's, it's tricky stuff that defenses have to adjust to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in the NFL and you're a linebacker, you are going to have to play, coverage against the wide receiver from now and from time to time like it's not it's not high school where it's like no that would never happen okay so anyways um so javin white and, and nicholas morrow he was like young in his career at that point you know there was like you know um i, I think that he kind of like opened up the gate and allowed deandre hopkins kind of a free release across the middle mm-hmm. and, and you know that kind of hurt that play like you can't you, you have to deny inside when you're in that like if they go out great just chase them to the flat try to make a tackle that's fine but and nicholas morrow back then right he made that mistake and now look at javin white like obviously he's not doing this against deandre hopkins it'd be a completely different story if that was the case yeah but like javin white had that situational awareness, had that good technique, second year in the NFL, undrafted rookie free agent, undersized linebacker, you know, like like Corey Littleton, like yeah. Nicholas Morrow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of showed like this is like the coaching staff is teaching like good situational awareness, right? Yeah. Um, so I thought that, that was that was an excellent play from him. And then there was also that one, it was a fire zone. So there was a three D three three under uh zone blitz. 
and he was on the backside of the formation and he saw, he identified a crosser coming from across the field mm. and he, you know, he opened up and ran under it and was able to come up with a pass breakup. And if you like watch the distance that he had to run on that play, yeah, he ran like 40 yards. He covered a stupid amount of ground. Like that was a huge run. And it's not like the most uncommon play for a linebacker to make, but it's usually only like the best linebackers who do something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So not saying that Jevin White's like, you know, a future pro bowler or something like that, but it was like a really impressive start, even if it's just a preseason game. Um, and then, you know, he looked like he went down with a really bad knee injury. So most likely, you know, I haven't heard an official report on it, but it sounds like he's going to be lost for the season. So that was a huge yeah. blow because I thought that as like he could have been the backup to Corey Littleton, like Diablo has been hurt a lot. Darren Lee has been hurt a lot, like cut Darren Lee, put Diablo on IR. We got Jevin White here. He can do this. Mm-hmm. But now, now it's going to be one of these guys who hasn't practiced like all camp that has to back up Corey Littleton. So, a little disappointing. Yeah, yeah, that, that is disappointing. Uh, yeah, because uh, you know, even when I was watching um, early on, you could see that he was playing really, really well. So that was exciting to, to see. But then he went down, and you know, now they got no depth at linebacker. So, so let me ask you this: Like, what do you what do you think they should do at linebacker right now? I know, that, I know, KJ Wright, you know. You know, everybody's talking about the, the readers are still in, interested. Of course they are, right? Yeah, of course they're still interested. Uh, so what do, you, what, yeah. do you, what do you think about, you know, the linebacker so, situation yeah. going forward? Well, the way that it was explained to me was that the Raiders only had like $2.3 million in cap room, and I did not go and verify that stat. So if someone was like, no, that's not true, mm-hmm. I, I was just told that. Okay, I, yeah. I read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. So... I think that, you know, it might be that they're not able to match or give KJ Wright enough money, like right now, to be like, okay, now we really need help. Like before, it would have been a luxury with all the linebackers that they have now that all the linebackers are hurt. It's like, no, we need you, but they can't really up the offer because, or they have to wait until after the cut down day before he, they can up the offer on KJ Wright. Um, and he would come in and really help that the defense out for sure. You know, like he doesn't need to learn anything. You know, like the, he knows this scheme, you mm-hmm. know, so it would all be the same, um, you know, terminology for sure. Because okay. uh, Gus Bradley got all of his terminology from Pete Carroll. So, um, you know, I think that it would be an immediate boost. You know, the style of defense that Gus Bradley is going to ask these linebackers to do is going to be a lot of dropping, you know, and I think Kwiatkowski is at his best. Like if Kwiatkowski is on a team and I'm his defensive coordinator, I want him like shooting gaps. Like I want him attacking, you know, taking on blockers. Yeah. And that's not really the style of defense that these linebackers um, are going to be asked to do as much. And KJ Wright is like one of the best like droppers, you know, dropping off ball linebackers in football. So immediate impact, like if he signs Raiders have a chance despite losing all this linebacker depth, it would be a huge get. So I'm hopeful. Um, I also heard that they worked out Mark Barron, you know, another converted safety to linebacker. 
type of guy. Um, he used to actually play next to Corey Littleton. Corey Littleton and Mark Barron played inside linebacker together in the Rams Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. Yeah. Um, so like they know, like they would know each other and be on the same page, you know, at least between them, the, the two of them. Okay. Um, but um, a lot of people are down on Mark Barron and I've only watched him on broadcast. I haven't actually like studied Mark Barron. I've, I have seen lots of things about KJ, Wright Because it's like textbook. Like this is how, you know, a strong hook curl defender should drop. Yeah. Like it's like teach tape for KJ, mm-hmm. right? Um, but no one ever puts those things together for Mark Barron. And I hear a lot of people have a lot of negative opinions about Mark Barron. Um, but I've only watched him on broadcast and I didn't think that he looked like bad or anything, but not like an impact player either. Yeah. You know, so whatever, uh, you know, it's, it's obvious that they need a lot of help at linebacker right now because they're dropping like flies, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, just mostly hoping that Nicholas Morrow can get back healthy and play out the year, but we'll see. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah. So, uh, what, what about uh, the, the big boy, Nate Hobbs? I remember, you know, saw, we saw your breakdown of Nate Hobbs. How was, uh, how was his performance to you? How did you, you feel about it, like, all together? Yeah. Um, I think that one of the most impressive plays to me was a play that didn't even come to him. And I added it in my breakdown, even though I called my, my video, every target, it was a run play. Yeah. And it was when he was supposed to, they were, what they were doing is they're slinging, slinging the fit is what it's called. Mm -hmm. So the front side linebacker goes to the backside B gap um, or backside a gap. And then the backside linebacker now has the quarterback. If the quarterback does his own read, and the nickel has to now get into the run field as if he was a linebacker, right? Yeah. Um, and just like the speed with which he closed and read it and diagnosed it and just like came in, like that's something that's super impressive to me. That's something that I was impressed with, you know, his tape in college mm. coming forward against the run. And he's shown like he can do this. He can tackle, he yeah. can be physical, you know, uh, the bubble screen. A lot of people were getting like super hyped about that. That was a broken play. Yeah. Like that was just, that was just a broken play. So yeah, he should do that again against them. But I understand like it, it looked really cool, but yeah. it was <laughs> yeah, it, like, like they were literally doing the wrong, doing the wrong thing on, on offense. Someone, someone, someone messed up preseason football. Exactly. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you know, on the other hand, there were some things that he was doing in coverage in the nickel spot that I was like, okay, that's not usually how this plays out. You know, why is he man turning this? Why is he squeezing the flat when he's a hook curl player, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, what's, you know, so I was like a lot of question marks and I've watched, you know, like multiple years of Gus Bradley now, like I just did a super deep dive. So I have a good idea generally about how like certain coverages like should look and play out. And so there were some question marks there and I don't know if that's Nate Hobbs messing up or if that's, you know, 
Gus Bradley doing different things than I'm accustomed to watching. So um, I, I won't, I won't necessarily judge him on that, but I didn't think that he looked great in coverage in, in, from the nickel. But then when he went outside, then he started looking really good yeah. in cover in coverage. You know, granted, it's like the fourth quarter. He's going up against, you know, guys. And he's definitely making the roster. Like, this guy for sure is making the roster. <laughs> sure. And he's go- going up against guys. And he's got a lot of juice. And so he's able to play fast and loose out there because he's, like, not even worrying about it at this point. Like, all right, I'm just going to go out and play on the outside now. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, our corners got hurt. Put Coach put me in like he's a dog. You know, like he's going to go out there and, and do it. Um, I think that the overlap play, the interception, um, that's it, – it, so there's a couple things. Has have you heard of Nate Hobbs playing on the outside in camp? No, I have not. Okay, so neither have I. I have not heard one person, and I feel like with the amount of people that have been talking about him, like someone would have noticed that if he was like practicing on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. So, like almost like a hundred percent of the time, when the uh, when the defense is going to be in cover three, to the passing strength, they're going to play true zone. Okay, and then away from the passing strength, they're going to play zone match. Okay, so what happens when you have two wide receivers away from the passing strength, like like they did? It was like an empty, um, or, or you know, or it was like a tight end and, and a wide receiver, something like that. Um, usually, it's like man coverage, except for like under routes, right? So like Tyree Gillespie needs to run with that seam. And Nate Hobbs needs to stay on that, on that hitch route. Okay. Like that's how it plays out in Gus Bradley's defense. Right. Um, But he's going back to like probably what he was taught in college where he's reading two to one vertical. Like when you midpoint, it's called a midpoint technique. You are playing or you're, when you're in cover three, you are responsible for the seam and, and the fade. And so he played it like that. Like he played it like a college coverage, right? <laughs> Which is why I think that they weren't ready for it either. You know, like it was pretty cool to watch, but I do think that he was like, not, I, he, he didn't blow coverage. He was freelancing. I'll, I'll just put it like that. Okay. And, and it, and it just, cause he hasn't pre- practiced or played at, on the outside. Right. Yeah. So it was just like an instinct that kicked in. Like he's playing from off, he's playing from a, a half turn and mm-hmm. he sees the quarterback eyeing the scene. And he's just like, go. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I mean, I, I, it's cool because it was just like that was instinct that kicked in. Like there was no like reps, you know, like practice time that was yeah. like, OK, this is how I like. No, the, they don't even do that. They don't over, overlap the corner over number two to the scene. They don't do that. And Gus Bradley's defense. So I thought that was really funny, actually, going back and looking at it like it's a spectacular play a and b it's like not even how the defense is designed so i thought that was really funny actually yeah um you know but um it it just shows that he has some versatility and i know that there was there was a lot of people who were upset at me when i was like questioning because i was i was telling everyone i've only seen one game of nate hobson it wasn't good yeah right like so i'm i'm hoping that he's like he's going to be good. But like from the one game that I saw, I'm not confident. Like this guy's going to be a starting great starting nickel week mm-hmm. one or whatever. Right. And now I see a lot of people like piling on, you know, like saying like, Oh, didn't you say he sucked or something like that? Which I never, I never said that, but, um, <laughs> but I, I certainly did question like his ability to come in and play week one in the nickel. Right. Oh, for sure. 
And I still reserve the right to say I have not seen anything from him in coverage in the nickel spot yet that makes me feel comfortable about him playing nickel um, against, like, the great quarterbacks. Yeah. But, obviously, what he can do coming forward, blitzing, you know, he, he could definitely be an impact player, even if it's not, like, a guy who's like locking guys down in man coverage. Like there's going to be enough splash plays, like tackles for loss and, you know, pressures and sacks and stuff like that. Quarterback hits that could change the flow of the game without him being like a lockdown nickel, nickel corner. So I am incur- certainly encouraged with some of the things that I'm saying from him. Okay. All right. So Malcolm Koontz, man, Malcolm Koontz, you know, that's my boy. So, you know, you uh, did you go back and watch Malcolm Coons yet? No, I did not go back and watch Malcolm Coons yet. I'm probably gonna do that tonight, but I'm gonna go check him out a little bit, see what he was doing. But I did see your long arm video, which I was excited about that. Um, but uh, I know his performance was a little up and down besides that, so go ahead and explain a little bit. So, when you're a rookie and you're on the edge in the NFL. What are teams going to do? Uh, they're going to run at you. They're going to run at you. Mm-hmm. And mm, Malcolm Goods is not ready to come in on run situations. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Just just saying. I know people are going to be upset because they love – anytime the Raiders draft anyone, you know, they want to hear good things about them, and, and they're they're quick to, like, jump down my throat when I say some negative things. Yeah. Um. I got an article coming out tomorrow uh, on Silver and Black Pride that kind of highlights some of his struggles and some of the things that he did good at. Um, but really, the you know, base and against the run, setting the edge, that was a very rough day. There was there was not a single good rep from him doing that. Okay. Okay. Um, so that was uh, that was something to notice, and I think you know we talked about the possibility of Malcolm Kuntz playing that Sam linebacker in the underfront because he has the, the, the size, the athletic profile of a, of a, you know, a six to 250 pound guy. Maybe he could set the edge against the run. And like, that's just not a part of his game. Setting the edge is just not a part of his game right now at this point. Um, so I think that when I don't, I, I would be, I would be surprised honestly at this point to see him being asked to do that in like a, in base personnel. Yeah even with all the linebackers who are hurt right now, because he really struggled to set the edge. So that's the one thing. Now some positive things. Early on in the game, he got hit with a little zone read action. Okay. Okay. And he, 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 he's supposed to play what's called the surf technique. So he's supposed to keep his shoulders square to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And kind of shuffle his feet and wait for the quarterback to either give or take. And, th- and then he's supposed to react. Okay. That's called the surf technique. Yeah. Going down all the way to high school, this is how you play zone read. Now, this is like the the most modern way of playing the zone read, okay? And early on in the game, he gets hit with a little zone read action. He's unblocked because zone read, so they're they're leaving the defensive end unblocked. Mm -hmm. And he turns his shoulders towards the dive, and the quarterback goes right past him, right? Yeah. Um, But then later in the game, they try the same thing against him, and then he he stays home and keeps his shoulders square. So we're so we're seeing like oh okay technical improvements mm-hmm. in the same game, and then um, what another thing I noticed he was getting jump set it a lot, 
by the offensive tackle. Can you explain? You're going to do a better job at this than I am. Can you explain to the listeners what a jump set is by right. offensive line, offensive I mean, tackle? I mean, basically, a jump set is is that they don't they go forward before they go backwards. They basically jump out. Is is what they do to, to like like quicker you know, guys who have quick speed rushes. You know, just come at them fast and jump set. Yeah, yeah. So he was getting jump set a lot, and like when that tackle got on him, like instead of like doing a, a vertical or an angle set. Uh, like, in that, like the tackle was not backing up. The tackle was like attacking him in pass protection, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as that tackle got their hand, his, the hands on him, like it was a wrap. Okay, mm-hmm. and he, he struggled with that early on in the game, but then something clicked, and he got his hands up quicker, and he was able to deliver that punch and string together some pass rush moves. So we saw him, you know, being like struggling against the jump set to like being a, like having a plan for it. Yeah, you know, in, in the same game. So. Two things that I noticed like he was struggling with in the beginning of the game, and then he got better at those things as the game went on. I think that that's relatively rare. Usually, you know, you don't see a player improve during a game. You see it maybe the next week or maybe like later in the season, you, you'll see an improvement in one of those areas. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, and then he has, he has some good pass rushes. He has some good pass rushes later in the game when they, when they brought the third string tackles out, he was better than those guys, yeah. you know, like, um, so he wasn't better than the second string tackles. Yeah, for the Rams, but he's better than third string tackles for sure. Um, something that you know is it's interesting to me. Like we saw a lot more twitchiness in, in college. Yeah, a lot more violence from him, and mm-hmm. it's just like not. It's like I think he might be thinking a little too hard at this point. Mm-hmm. But like he's just not playing with like nearly enough violence. Like he, so he was even, leaner in college too. He was leaner. Okay, yeah. So maybe putting on some weight affected that uh that play speed as well okay but something yeah that's something i noticed he's he's a speed he's a speed to power guy he needs to get under he needs to get that offensive tackle retreating yeah convert that speed to power to win i think consistently in the nfl and there's just like not enough speed for that to like work against starting tackles in the nfl at this point i also also i mean you know I talked about how he's in a two-point stance a lot, and you know now he's in a four. You know he's in the three-point stance and four-point stance. It's like a D tackle or something. He's in the three-point stance. You know, uh, coming off the edge, it's not. It's kind of. It's a little different. I mean, to gain up that speed, you know, and, and yeah, and, and and to be honest, he really didn't win with speed. Uh, I mean, he just won with his bend and athleticism. So. Um, and he had had some good moves, especially like the long arm that he that's one of his favorites to use. Um, so it wasn't really about like speed. It was just more about the bend. You know, that's, that's kind of how he, how he would win. He he did a really good job of stringing moves together. Mm-hmm. Like something that, you know, something that has plagued Cleveland Furl is like when his first move doesn't work. Like there's there's a huge d- delay. Yeah between that first move not working and then Cleveland for trying to get into a second move. And for Malcolm Kuntz, it's, it's like really fluid and effortless, you know, okay. but at the same time, like he's playing like almost as slow as Cleveland Furrow is playing mm-hmm. from, a fo- from a foot speed standpoint. Yeah. And not nearly as strong. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, um, I'm, I'm not like, super juiced about Malcolm Coons right now. Cause I, I know he got a sack. It was a team sack. It, it was a blitz. Yeah. Quarterback had a step up in the pocket. He was avoiding one pressure and then, you know, he's holding on to the ball and then, you know, 
I'll include Sagdom. Um, but yeah, there's like only like a, a small handful of plays where it was like, okay, there, there's that athleticism that we saw. The rest of it, you know, it was too casual. It was too pedestrian. It was too like relaxed yeah. out there. Like he's got to, he's got to really amp up the urgency, I would say, to be effective. Okay. All right. All right. It's good to point out. Um, did, did he have anything in coverage? Because I mean, PFF gave him like an 80. Did Malcolm Coos have anything in coverage for this last game? They gave yeah. him an 80. Mm-hmm. Um, I like... uh, he might have dropped once. He dropped more against the Seahawks. Okay. But these are designed pressures where they're like overloading one side and they're dropping the defensive end into like, okay. you know, like the hot route area okay. of, of the field. Like he's not really covering, like, you know, PFF. <laughs> I was, um, I was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, actually. like, like, don't get, like, don't get me wrong. Malcolm Quince is not like turning and playing man coverage on a receiver. Like, no, yeah. like he's just popping up and just standing in the way. Like, that's what the coverage is for these guys when they're blitzing. So, um, he, I think he maybe did that one time uh, against the Rams, but he did it like three or four times against the Seahawks. Well, he, he, um, he did it very well. He got a plus two, I guess, for that, uh, for that uh, standing in the way. Stayed with very well. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Wow. Plus two. PFF. You guys. They they do the real, they do the real hard, the real hard grinding. work here. The yeah, real, real grinding. grinding. We can't we tank we, we can't talk trash about uh PFF because our associate Matt Holder works for PFF. We'll rib them. <laughs> we'll rib them next time we get on the podcast together after the ne- next game. Man, some people don't like their jobs, you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so that, that's it for me um those are the only players that i'm gonna speak intelligently on otherwise yeah. it's just gonna be a bunch of bs um i did not chart this game you didn't chart the game either we're not really like trying to look at every single individual performance out there we're just like keeping our eyes on a few people who you know might be contributors on this team that have been playing in these games but there's a really good chance next week that the Raiders starters get in for at least one series, maybe longer. What do you think? Uh, I don't think they're playing. I don't think they're playing, bro. I think you got it. They got to play before the season They aren't playing. They aren't playing. <laughs> I think you need to let that go. You... Nah, bro, nah. They're, they're going to play. One series. They're one not going to play, man. I'm telling the doc, they're not going to play. I'll be shocked if they play. Just one series, Marcus. No way. Patrick I'll Mahomes played. Patrick Mahomes played. So the time right. but doesn't mean you know. So there you Eric go. Gar's gonna play. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't played. You know what I mean? Justin Herbert, he ain't played. Justin, He's not playing at all. There's different approaches. There's different approaches to this, I guess. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, all right. We'll not see. Everybody has Kurt Warner, bro. No, we're gonna rally behind Kurt Warner, and we're. <laughs> No, that's not gonna happen, bro. That's not gonna. Not everybody has a situation where Trent Green could just blow his knee out, and here comes Kurt Warner. He just, yeah. It's <laughs> uh, yeah, a great, great story though, Kurt Warner. Just stole Trent Green Super Bowl, done. Um, <laughs> wow, that's an interesting way of putting it. Marcus is giving way too much credit to Trent Green right now. I'm just way, joking. way too much. <laughs> They're going to kill me for that. Um, just, so right. the, just, so, just so the audience knows, Marcus and Kurt Warner actually have a Twitter beef. 
<laughs> we don't have our beef. I don't go, go. <laughs> Going back, they argued. They argued on Twitter once about Derek Carr. <laughs> Thank you. You just they funny. got to a little back and forth on Twitter. It was cool. It was cool to see it. I was standing back there. You know, remember that ref? That ref that like makes the faces. I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, when, I, I, when I read that, yeah, I just think his quarterback breakdowns are like how he played. I don't think you could coach every quarterback that way. I think it's crazy. He's like, that's how I coach. Even like he went on a rant on Twitter about it. <laughs> I coached him. Though. This is how I won. So, like, bro, you're like, uh, <laughs> you're like the most accurate quarterback of all time. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, as always, Raider Nation, we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Every single one of you. You are helping get our views up, even the people who don't like my beard. Holla at you. I see you, bro. Appreciate it. Thank, thanks for tuning in and, get, and getting us this money. You know what I mean? Come every week and make fun of me. I'm going yeah. to laugh on my way to the bank. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, we had 17, 17 people buy the Raiders I'm sorry, the tape don't lie gear. Okay, we're going to do something. I'm going to try to figure out something special. Me and Marcus are going to try to figure out something special for you guys who went ahead and purchased uh, the gear. You guys are awesome. Tape don't lie audience. You you guys are the the best YouTube audience in sports. Yep. Uh, So we're going to try to bring it for you every every week. I'm BD Williams. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at BD Williams 18. Follow Marcus Johnson at the Mark John NFL. On Twitter, make sure you tune into the to this podcast if you're listening to it. Or, you know, on your commute to work, make sure you just take the time, hit subscribe, so you can get these things automatically downloaded into your phone, into your device that you listen to. Um, yeah, that's it, Raider Nation. We appreciate you guys. All right, peace.